0: This is Frenemies. Welcome, everybody, to the inaugural and hopefully not the last Frenemies podcast. I am your host, moderator, referee, Spencer Brown. I'm here with the Stevens and Steves. Steve Paradise to my left, Steven hers to my right. You'll see why that's relevant. And a uh, little background before we jump into this thing. We are three friends, mostly from the University of Michigan. We've known each other for 30 years. A lot of similarities. We're all New Yorkers. We're all Jewish. A couple of us are from the five towns. We all went to Michigan. We're all lawyers. So, uh, so with that, I want to, uh, to introduce my co host, Stephen Paradise. Why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Uh, Stephen Paradise, as Spencer said, a proud graduate of the University of Michigan and a proud friend of the two co hosts, Stephen Hers and Spencer Brown. I look forward to a hearty conversation this evening.
2: Stephen Hers? Yes, thanks for having me. Also a, a proud graduate of University of Michigan. Also uh, went to uh, junior high school and some high school with Stephen Paradise. So we've known each other uh, probably close to 40 years, actually, of my 49 and a half.
0: So the genesis behind this is that we're all friends, but there's there's a little bit of an edge here and, and we all fight a little bit more enemies as well on occasion and, and we thought it'd be funny. And so we're going to put that to the task today. And a lot of people have commented on your similarities, the two of you. Again, you know, New Yorkers, lawyers, five-town boys, fraternity brothers, Michigan, on and on. But let me just start this out by uh, by throwing this to Steve Hurst. Like, what what's the difference between you guys?
2: Well, actually, I'm a lot calmer, and I have a full head of hair, which is really actually great because in college we looked a lot alike. And I lost 30 pounds since college. I'm not going to say he gained 30, but you can judge for yourself when we do the simulcast. And um, he lost his hair, the poor guy. He's still very handsome, though. I'll give him that.
0: <laughs> but that, that's that's a little superficial. Like, when you boil it down, like, what's the difference? Steve Hurst, Steve in Paradise. What do you stand for that he doesn't? What does he stand for that you don't?
2: He he thinks of himself as the champion of the little guy. He does. I'll give him that. Uh, I don't think he is a champion of the little guy. Uh, but he would consider me conservative. Uh, I think he's very liberal. Um you know, he, he's very intense. I, I've i been told that I'm intense. We're both passionate. We both like to argue our points incessantly, as our wives will tell you. Um, but I think just politically is our big divide, and it really kind of breaches everything. It, his passion for the little guy, and it, it bleeds into our sports arguments, music, pop culture, and of course, politics. Dice, what's the difference between you guys?
1: I think Steve is a lot more creative in his uh, recitation of facts than I am. Um, one of the things that... It's always struck me about the two of us, and I admire him for it, because I think Steve's a better cocktail party guy like, than I am. Because in a cocktail party, to get people to listen to you and go along, you need to embellish a little bit.
0: And what are you better at?
1: I'm better at, at thinking through an issue and I think coming to a result that's well thought out. It could be wrong. but You're more, it's, you're but, more substantive? Um, I think Steve tends to go with the wind a little bit more than I do. You're more superficial?
2: probably true you buy that uh, yeah it's probably true you let him get away with that No, i think it's true he, he he's definitely you know we'll have email arguments and he'll have a seven point argument and i'll come back with him with a one-line quip um so yeah i mean he's definitely more into blue booking every uh political argument
0: all right so he's balder you're more concise he's maybe put on a few lbs as we all have <laughs> since college maybe you've left that's it other than that you guys are the same
2: yeah, I think we get along. I mean, okay. un- underneath it all, I do. I love the guy. I mean, I want to kill him. Love him like a stepbrother right. or you
0: like a younger brother. It well, depends. Younger
2: depends on the day.
1: Right. Neither, right. one on the had, day. neither one of us ever had. Neither one of us ever had a younger brother. That's true. And that may be a factor in our relationship. I mean, each one of us may want to be treating the other like that little brother we never had.
0: All right. So a couple questions. Let's see if we can define ourselves. And I'm going to participate in this as well. You know, to see what we're all about. Just, just some questions that, you know, maybe reveal a little about, about ourselves. We'll start with, uh, with the Dice Man. Like, who's your favorite athlete and why? Like, what, is, what does it tell about you?
1: For a lifelong sports fan my, like myself, that's a difficult question. But I think the answer, because um, I've thought about it a lot, and probably discuss it with each of you. Like, when
0: are you thinking about this? You um, know, I mean, on
1: uh, the subway. Like, uh, when do you have time to think about? I think in in, in, in micro blasts. Okay, uh, I try to fit it in, into the interstices of my life. There are not a lot, but I, I have do to try say to find time. before
0: you asked me yesterday, I haven't given this forty five seconds thought. Okay, but you have. So, who is it,
1: and why? Brian Trottier and why is the athlete NY. that I admire the most? Well, I think one reason probably is when I got to watch him in my lifetime. I think in the sweet spot of a of a sports fan's career is probably between the ages of around ten and twenty five. That's when I got the privilege of seeing Brian Trottier play, and I got to appreciate the things he did on the ice. And I think one of the things I appreciate the most, if not the most, is that even though he was a superstar, Brian Trottier did every little thing that helped his team win. And although I'm not comparing myself to Brian Trottier in any way, that's a role that I always tried to play in so all the if teams I, I played So if
0: I on. was home and asked your wife, you think you do every little thing to make Team
1: Paradise win at home? I'm talking about sports teams. No, I mean, just about, like, talking about what male, sports it, what teams can and male we teammates. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what can we gain from the fact that you like Brian Trottier?
1: As I say, I think one of the things you can gain from the fact is the, 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 the taking the, the, the pail and shovel out and going to work every single day, even though he's a superstar, not taking advantage of that, not being a prima donna, being a guy who's a team player through and through. And that's what you can take away from that with respect to me because I, that's what I try to be.
0: Okay.
2: And Steve Hurst? For me, it's an easy answer. It's Mariano Rivera. And I'm a diehard Met fan, and I hate the Yankees, but I, I can't help but respect this guy and put him at the very top of the list. One of the things that I've always admired about Rivera is he's very into his own process and never had any self-doubt because he always thought, if you do the right thing process-wise, you got to let go of the results. I think that's applicable to all areas of life. And when he gave up that home run to Jason Varitek, I think it was in '04, he famously said, well, if I had the chance to do the exact same thing again tomorrow... I would do the exact same thing, throw him the same pitch in the same exact location. Sometimes the other guy just beats you.
0: And what, is that, what is, does that say anything about yourself? Or do you just like him? It's something you admire?
2: No, I, I, I think when you're in your prime you know, sports viewing years, maybe 10 to 25 or 10 to 20, I don't think you have the appreciation to pick up on these things that will apply to life. And you know, when I was older, I saw that that is something I've tried to emulate in my own life. You know, If we in business... Apply a process: the way you answer the phone, the way you dress, the way you send an email. Just a process of doing something right, then great results will happen. See, for me, it's I like
0: the people that I know that I could never aspire to, or that that have something that I'll never have. The the Bradys of the world, who've just you know the work ethic that that I wish I had, but don't have. You know the skill set. I mean, to me, it's 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 about what I don't have or what I'd like to have. It sounds like you guys. You think you are like Trottier. Well, like a working man's, you know, for as much as a $1,000 per hour lawyer can be a working man's
2: lawyer. <laughs>
1: 925. Uh, that's, 925. That, that, that's not exactly what I said. Uh, I think that the things I'm about him and the work ethic that, that I admired about him were things that I strive to apply in my, you know, daily life, which is not the, the glamorous one of a center on a four time, consecutive time Stanley Cup championship team that. Tratier was. And
0: yeah. What about you? It's aspirational, or you, you no, see I, yourself? I, I,
2: I don't I, look. I'm never going to throw a 92 mile an no, hour cut fastball that. and break someone's bat. I think there are lessons you can learn from a Brian Trottier or from a Mariano Rivera, and and that's why I think people love sports. And it's the cool under pressure. It's you know famously uh, Joe Montana with a minute and 30 seconds left on his own 12 yard line, looking in and saying, "Hey, did anyone see John Candy in the stands? And let's go do this." And then marching down 84 yards for the touchdown.
0: All right. Let me let me throw another one out there. Like, who is someone not an athlete that and you can pick either one? Who is someone that you either really admire or detest?
2: To me, the guy I detest the most in the whole world right now is Tim Wolfe, who's now the former president of the University of Missouri. Because he literally buckled under everything that I think we should stand for as a country, as for higher education, for tolerance, and you know, to me, he he should be the poster child for what's wrong with the country right now, not the protesters. Him, Tim Wolf. Tim Wolf. Okay,
1: we're Admiere, talking
0: admired. Tim. What do you think of Tim Wolf?
1: T- uh, frankly, I don't know enough about Tim Wolfe. I read something that he wrote. I know his father went to the University of Missouri. I know that he was someone who poured apparently his heart and soul to that university. I don't think, frankly, any of us know enough. But that's another difference between Steve and me. He doesn't need to know all the facts. No does insult. not let the facts get does in the not, way of No, 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 it's not that. He doesn't, he doesn't that? need to know all the facts before he's willing to express and jump right in there with two feet and say this is the man in the world today that he most detests. My guy is easy and obvious. It's Donald Trump. I mean, to compare— That's who you most detest? Donald Trump, I think that any person who takes a position of power like Donald Trump has— He doesn't and have, any, what power to, does he me, have he has the power of the microphone. He has the power of the press. That's what he has. Why do you want to detest him? Well, let me finish. I'll I will. You. Donald Trump is a man. I detest like people like Donald Trump all throughout history, he's not necessarily as bad as others, but he's a man who knows he's lying and is saying lies to people to inflame them to get himself more attention. I'm sorry. For what, end? I don't know.
2: How do you know he knows he's lying? Are you Sigmund
1: Freud? No, I actually read, polygraph? The Washington, well, I read the Washington Post and he didn't see any Muslims celebrating in New Jersey on the rooftops and having parties. Okay, that's been debunked, disproven. And the sad thing is the man continues to go out there and lie. But the point is it's not Donald Trump. He's not alone. There's lots of people like Donald Trump, Marine Le Pen, there are people out there in the world who true, choose so to, you, to choose exploit fear, and exploit hatred. Well, I don't know Marine Le Pen, frankly. I don't. I don't do you know, know Donald m- Trump. Uh, I, I've been knowing Donald Trump for a long time, actually. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I've seen and read enough about Donald Trump. He's certainly not reluctant to get his name in the newspapers. It brought it to our as well. By the way. I think Donald Trump, and I don't mean to offend anybody out there, I think Donald Trump is having a laugh at all of our expense. I think this is nothing more than an ego trip. This is nothing more than an attempt to boost his Q rating. And at the end of the day, he's going to go back to his life of doing what he does, which he does very well. I don't take it away from him, which is selling the name Donald Trump. What better – he's a genius. What better way to sell your name than to go out there and make a spectacle of yourself nearly every single day See, of the
0: I kind of like Trump because he, he, you say what you want. He calls it like he sees it, calls it like he thinks it is. I, you know – I almost think it's like Seinfeld. He believes he saw that in Jersey City, and he's just saying he did. And to me, Trump has brought a breath of fresh air to this election cycle, and I, I think he is what he is. Let me get this Earth.
1: straight. You would vote for George Costanza for president?
0: I didn't say I'd vote for him. I oh, just, you just said, said, said like, he— okay. No, I did not say I'd okay.
1: vote for him. So I, ahead,
0: did, I wouldn't vote for him, but I like— I like what well, he's doing. I, I kind of like Donald. Trump. No,
1: it, was just, it was George Costanza who said that, not Jerry. Sunfield.
2: I like Trump also. I think you know you don't have to like everything about him, but he's bringing back the notion that it's okay to be successful. You know, there's, there's a new litmus test in our country. You have to have grown up in a log cabin like Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and come from abject poverty to have any kind of great biography.
0: I think he's saying what we all think, you know, the, okay. in terms of torture, they're cutting off heads, they're drowning people, well, we're waterboarding. I, I, it's not torture. I, I, I don't saying- want
1: to take this to a absurd conclusion, guys, but it's really honestly frightening to me that you're both saying this. As University of Michigan graduates, you're smart. Let's, so you think it's okay for a politician, let's just take a blank politician and a blank ethnic group to get up and start telling lies about that ethnic group. And he, Come on. You know these are lies. How about I did you not know? have sexual relations with that well, woman, Ms. Lerner? Yeah, I mean, uh, what, do what does that have to do with this? We're talking about, guys, you're he's Jews. Not, he's not you a, just said you're both Jews. He's We're not all a, Jews? He's not a this public. is what they did to the Jews. He, are you, you guys a, short of memory? Uh, the Jews a, are demonized? Here no? Comes really?
0: the, the uh, card-carrying, communist, uh, liberal, social...
1: Uh, uh, okay. What does call, that have to do by with the anything way, with Donald Trump? Product, uh, ad hominem attacks. This is Mrs. Paradise. Ad hominem attacks or sign of weakness ad hominem a, in argument
0: are personally and and, and permissible on this. Uh, that's fine,
1: but they're also sign of weakness. Well, well, they're a, also a sign of
2: weakness. They're also calling us Jews. That's not ad hominem. I'm calling you Jews. What does that have to Jews? do with the country? Especially
0: call this Jews. Who even knows what ad hominem means? Well, what does that mean?
1: You do. I don't. It's a personal attack having nothing to do with Just the argument shows, it shows and your, has nothing to do your, with the merits of what we said Your elitism, or said.
0: that that is, uh, that is what it means. I detest it's Bill de Blasio. Idea. I, I want both, to throw hope that you both, out there.
1: I
2: hope you both That's get the my bo- guy.
0: Do you like de Blasio? I do not. Do not. Do you like de Blasio?
2: Obviously not.
0: Do you detest de Blasio?
2: Detest everything about him, except I would like to see him ban horses. But you detest <laughs> <you'd> love Why? <laughs> it's the only thing. I can't stand the smell of horse Well, what about crap. the guys that, that that's their livelihood? Well, they would actually put these um, oh, these old-fashioned cars. Gonna, really. No, they wouldn't lose their jobs. You think that's going to work? It's fine with me. I mean, why couldn't you go on a carriage ride? Horse is fine people with me. because you you,
0: you're not doing that for a living. What,
2: what, what do you mean? These people wouldn't lose their jobs. They'd rather ride around in an, in a, in an
0: old-fashioned car. Only if car. someone rides in the back of them. You like de Blasio?
1: I, I do not like not? de Blasio. Why don't you like I'll just Blasio? tell you, I, for the first time I think in my life I voted for a – well, Bloomberg's a Republican. But I voted for the other guy who was one of the worst candidates, I think, in history. Joe, don't remember his name. Joe it's Loda. Joe Loda. Um, that was how poor the opposition was. Um, I think that he's not cut out for this job. I don't think he has a good feel for what, what makes the city work. I'll tell you what. I, I, I don't like him. I wouldn't say I detest him. I don't like him because he's the antithesis of Michael Bloomberg, and I love – Michael Bloomberg, and that might be the man who I most admire if we want to talk about the positive instead of accentuating the negative. All right, let's
0: negative. do that. So Bloomberg's the guy you most admire.
1: Maybe, yeah. I the mean, as reasons? I sit here at this moment, I'm talking about in the present tense. Yeah. Today. Today. Yeah, right he is. Now. He is. He's one, of, he's one of them.
0: Okay. Steve, hers? The guy you most admire. In the whole world? The United
2: States. That's a really tough question. Well, that's why I, I asked him. I, I, I'm not sure... Right now, there's anyone I feel that good about. I'm feeling a very negative tone in the country. Feeling uh, that, that we have a total vacuum of leadership, which, to his point, I don't love Trump, but I think he he does represent some good things. So, um,
1: what what does he, what good things? Does I you think represent? he's
2: allowing people to stand up and say it's okay to be successful.
1: I know people. Were, I, I wasn't aware that people weren't allowed to do that before.
2: I, I, I think he's. Making I, you know this, who it is? I'm going to tell you who I admire right now. Right, who Mitch, do you admire? Mitch Daniels, president of Purdue University. That's who you admire. It's been right the one now. guy that has stood up in the face of this political correctness on college campuses.
0: Should we change the Woodrow Wilson School of Public Policy to something else?
1: Absolutely not. I Obviously, um, I frankly I missed that whole. Oh, here's I, a I, copy. I, Here comes a guy. No, the I, I, guy reads every single
2: newspaper
1: cover to cover. i read the Times cover to cover, but missed this one. I have not. Okay. Woodrow the last Wilson. Of days, I've been busy at work.
0: Woodrow Wilson, twenty eighth president of the United States. Know who he is? We know who he is, yes, right? I do. League of Nations was a racist. League of Nations, out and out racist. So the students at Princeton are saying, "Well, you're was saying a, that's true, or no, not? no?" That true. is pretty much accepted okay. that he was a racist and a lot of racist I, I, things. I did not know that. You didn't know that? No. Okay. Well, he did. Okay. Did not like black people. Wasn't particularly fond of Jews and whatever's in between. Probably didn't like them either.
1: <laughs> he hindered so, black employment. So the and
0: question, jobs. Th- the question at bar is, should his name be? Banished or stricken from the School of Public Policy, and there's some other monuments Woodrow Wilson at Princeton. What say you?
1: I think not. Why? Because I think that those things were, were created to celebrate his achievements in the political sphere. and not. I take it these were personal predilections of his. Well, he actually. Sorry, I'm using another no, big he, word. He used, Predilection he used, means No, he did
2: use his power when he was president to hinder black federal
1: employment, and he didn't hire one black person. So does that mean that we go back and have to, you know, do no, something? No, I mean, do you do something s- at, No, and that theory, though, that we have to go back to Monticello and remove any type of commemoration celebration of Thomas Jefferson, well, who I think is de- probably worse in the scheme of things to own slaves. Democrats want to do that. They, they're there's, not. Well, so. The no. answer is no. The answer, right. I, I no. no,
2: the
0: answer is yeah, no, you. and I agree. The answer is no. Okay, we all agree on By that By the way, one. those
1: of you listening should keep track of where I score on the liberal chart. Don't, like, right, well, don't like de Blasio. Don't think you should do any of this stuff.
0: Well, what's wrong with being a liberal?
1: Nothing, but I'm not. I'm well, liberal Why uncertain? do you deny it? Because it's a mischaracterization of my position.
0: Who would you pull the lever for right now? Uh. If we all, I'm going to say, who do we pull the lever for in 2016?
1: Does it have to be someone who's actually uh, running? Yes,
0: it's got to be someone that's running.
1: I'm going I'm to pass to Steve. And I'll, if they were on password, I'm going to pass, and maybe you can come back. I'm going to gonna go with uh, Marco Rubio. You pull it for Rubio? I would pull it for Rubio. Tough. Begrudgingly.
0: I think I'd pull it for Jeb Bush, but I just he's not going to be there. I mean, he's 5% yesterday.
1: Well, it's not a question of who's going to win. It's a question of who, who would you would you choose. pull. Not
0: No, you, who would you
1: – Yeah, mine would be – You ever see
0: the Popeye episode where Brutus is running for president? This is true. Brutus is running for – well, it's not true, but it's an episode. Brutus is running for president against Popeye, and it turns out that Olive Oil gets to cast the absolute deciding vote, and they both try to find her, and I forget who she votes for. But So you're Olive Oil in this situation. Who do you vote for? deciding vote
1: I, I understood the question um, Okay, that's good. I, I think it would have to be uh, he's not going to be I guess honest it's Jeb running. Bush or John Kasich no come on
2: you'd vote for Hillary Clinton I've never
1: no and you see this is another thing I know you claim to have get, voted for Rick Lazio by the way I'm going to stay calm he claims to have voted have for Rick Lazio I have never voted for Hillary uh, Clinton and I have no intention of voting for Hillary Clinton but being very honest as I am I would vote for Hillary Clinton if her choice was between her and Ted Cruz what about if it was her versus Marco Rubio Marco Rubio today Based on what I know today, would you submit to a lie detector test? <laughs> like who would it? you
0: pull a lever for? Between who? Just you, you, I he told said you, already, Rubio. Mark well, Rubio? Hillary's the Democrat, so. Oh, he Rubio. Said Rubio. Rubio versus Hillary. Rubio. I'd pull it for Bush, but I got to say, and I've never, I have never voted for a Democrat presidential candidate in my life. But if it's Hillary against Ted Cruz, and I like Donald Trump, I I'm would vote for by Hillary it. I flu- would, I would vote. I can't see those guys with the nuclear codes. No, I
1: would vote for Hillary over Ben Cruz.
0: Carson, Trump.
1: Yeah, Ted Huckabee, Cruz. Huckabee.
0: He's, not, he's nowhere.
1: What do you think about a thing many, many, many months ago, Stephen Hurz, and he also likes to do, he also likes to do Hers. He likes to take out a position that's a little bit extreme to get a little conversation going and also for him to say, I was right later on, but if he wasn't, <coughs> okay, he took an extreme position. It's brilliant. He did this a number of months ago with Senator Graham, and I mocked and ridiculed his suggestion that Senator Graham had any chance at all. Does Senator Graham have more of a chance now with the latest terrorist attack in Paris.
0: Snowball's chance in hell. What do you think? Not a chance. No chance. You still
1: like him, though? I do like him.
2: I think he'd be great on foreign policy. He'd be a great secretary of state. But he's irrelevant. In Here's
0: that. my question. When George Pataki decides, he wakes up one morning, says, I'm going to run for president. Like, is
2: he consulting with anybody? Does somebody say? Well, he, his career is over, so he's looking for a cabinet position. Maybe he becomes secretary of transportation something to keep him relevant. And also, remember, he's he works at a law firm, so maybe being in this mix will bring him some legal business.
0: So you think his partner sent him out there and said, you know, George Billings down, go out? Yeah. What else no, is this guy going I do? never thought about it that way. You, what do you think? I, I
1: have not actually thought about it that way either. I think you're I think right. it's a bit of a of – Actually, somewhat I think a, you're right. Uh, it's probably that, but I think it's also a considerable ego. I think to be a politician, you have to have a pretty big ego, and I think he's probably missing being on the sidelines and wants to be heard. He wants to get out to the public square – have some sort of a stage and be able to be heard. Like he, you know, crazy towns. he took issue with Donald Trump on the Muslims. You know, George Pataki did. He's probably, like me, crazy, bleeding-heart liberal, but he seemed to take, take issue with the fact that Trump made those ridiculous assertions about the Muslims in New Jersey. So George Pataki and I have that in common.
0: Okay. So... You just figure George Pataki. I mean, that's going to feed his ego. Bobby Jindal. You think oh, that's good. When, when Bobby Jindal, yeah, no,
1: when Bobby Jindal announced that he was not, no longer running, I sent an email to a mutual friend of ours. You might know, or um, you do know, named Stu Harris. I said, Stu, now you and twenty other people have to find someone else to vote for. I mean, this guy, this guy is a joke. Uh, but again, I think it's ego. I think he's got some money behind him. Who wants him to take that shot? Maybe he catches lightning in a bottle, or the expression goes, and, and, he, and he takes it somewhere. Right. Um, but waste of time as far as I'm concerned. All
0: right. well, let's, let's switch gears and talk about something that's probably more important than the, uh, than the presidential election, which is the college football playoff. Heading into the last game of the year, regular season, like, what's your take? Who's, who's going to make the First of all, do you like the playoff or not?
2: Well, I was actually on a panel, as you know, this week. I do know Two that. nights ago in Columbus, Ohio, and I compared the BCS and the college football playoff system to uh, George Costanza, second time we're hearing about George, when he was the assistant to the traveling secretary of the New York <laughs> Yankees. And he tried to get fired and did everything the opposite of what someone should do, including taking all the 26 world championship trophies, maybe 25 at the time, and driving them around the parking lot. And And George Steinbrenner, played, played by Larry David, said, oh, George, that's a great idea. We got to not be huge to, tr- to tradition here. So in, t- in my view, college football, the, the more... Moronic decisions they make, the better it is. Because, so what's the what's the moronic decision? The moronic decision is to have this whole like every week, you know, these four guys, including quoting Paul Feinbaum here, Jeff Long, who looks like he's doing a hostage video every Tuesday night on or yeah on ESPN. Like, w- w- what what actually do they need to do to come up with this this plan? I mean, it seems like the three of us could do it in five minutes. But
0: isn't this r- so what's the issue here? I'm, I'm missing yeah. the, the issue You like is, it or not. Let's. I, I, I'm, I, think, kind of, I think I think it's kind of missing this. Statement. Yeah, no, I think it's I think while it's interesting, it's ridiculous, mean, ridiculous
2: because it's the only system of any sport anywhere in the world, in any place, that there is no true national champion. I mean, what other business or or sporting? Uh, maybe I missed something. There's
0: so a hot, there's a playoff. The of no, the, the playoffs, the national no, champion.
2: The, the playoff isn't the four teams who win a division go play in the playoff. It's there's so many subjective elements to it. But, in soccer, you know, whoever. Yeah, but
1: you, but you, have, you have so many different conferences that have their own – I mean, what's your solution then? you have a super national system? Well, know. let's
0: break it down. Do you like this or not? I think it's terrible. You of think it's terrible? Like are
1: it. you talking about from a from an equitable, equitable perspective, from a fairness perspective? From any perspective. I'm saying when, once the four teams are in there, you don't enjoy it as a fan? Of course I enjoy, enjoy it. That's why okay. I said well, George Costanza. No matter how bad they right. do it, it still okay. comes out great. I mean, I, I, listen, I, I, you know, the enemy of the, of the good is the perfect, right? Well, are you quoting Star Trek right now?
0: Obama, I think, said that. No, I mean a lot of people. I don't think either.
1: I think, yeah, I think you are. What does it have to do with the college football? My answer to you is: I think that the system today, excuse me, the system today is much better than the system was three or four years ago. I don't remember how long it's been in place. Three years ago, second year, right? So, so the answer is: I think it's better. I think it's an improvement. Can it be refined? Can it be made better? I think that the only way to make it better to answer your, I think, what your point is, would be have eight teams. Maybe. See, I think the yeah. So you've had eight teams. I think that might be fairer and make it a fairer because I think that. What's the, I think I understand, my friend Stephen Herz, I really do. Is the point is that it's not fair. The system is not fair, and it's such subjective criteria determining who those four teams are. If you let eight teams in, you're giving other teams right. a chance but, to compete you, and win the national you got, championship. You're
2: right, but you're forgetting that the the unfairness starts way before. Well, I in the preseason polls and all the well, subjectivity sp- that goes. But into how, that. how can you? But
0: doesn't that? doesn't the unfairness make it a great system in the sense that that just to be blunt about it, there's probably five or six teams deservedly getting four you know, spots, so somebody gets fucked, just to put it bluntly. And that's what I, makes I it exciting. I, think
2: we could, I would like that word to be bleeped out. My family's going to be listening to this. I've asked that
1: beforehand. Your family told I you think, they'd be listening to this. Listen, I think not, if you, if you look at the this. first year, I don't think there's any dispute that Ohio State University, as, as hard as it is to say, was the best team in, in college it's, football last year. It's, it's, correct? it's the Ohio State University. By the way, has,
0: has, has there ever been a group of people prouder of spelling a four letter word than, than Ohio State grads? What's, I mean, this, they spell that O H I O and then it's like an accomplishment. A, that's a challenging How word about for them. Three
1: letter word, the The
0: Ohio State <laughs> University. The Ohio so, State University. I, so, again, I think that I compared think that, to the other one,
1: I think it's not right. perfect, but as a, and I'm not as huge a college football fan as you guys uh, overall. I'm a Michigan fan, but I think it's entertaining, it's fun for me, it's easy to figure out what's going on. and... Let's move on. Michigan's not going to be one of the four teams this year, so what do I care?
2: It's preposterous that Alabama is the number one ranked team in the country or number two when they have not beaten one team uh, that's ranked. Not one. But everyone buys well, I, 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 well, it the
1: mythology of, of Nick Saban. One of the advantages of this, though, is it doesn't matter if you're ranked number one or if you're ranked number four. I mean, certainly you think Alabama is one of the four best teams that should be competing. I don't believe that. I do. I think. Sure,
0: I, I like this system because I think it's competitive and I think that you've got teams that are going to be left out and someone, I won't say it, is going to be left out. You know when it's over, which means that every regular season game does matter. So I, I like the system. I think. Well, what lo- like
2: the regular season game that Alabama played this weekend against uh, Charleston Southern? If they'd lost, they'd be done. But why would, had to win? What about, what about the game that, that Florida played against Florida Atlantic?
0: Had they lost, would they be in it? They won in overtime. I but mean, they won. Okay, but You know, Bama's going to play uh, Florida, and that's going to decide it, who gets it, in from the SEC. But kill,
2: it kills the quality of the game because think about how much po- more popular— what's killed, the, the, what's killed that is the 12-game season. Yeah, but think about if, if these teams were encouraged to play better teams, and instead of Alabama playing Charleston Southern, they were playing Michigan this week, and you knew if you lost it wouldn't be that harmful— it would be much more interesting in well, the sport overall.
1: fair fairness, Alabama plays in a fairly competitive conference. I mean, well, it's not their fault that LSU turned to be turned out to be a paper tiger. No, no pun but intended. The point this is year.
2: in college basketball, by not punishing teams for a loss, you do see teams like UConn playing Michigan in February, in the middle of the Big Ten schedule. Uh-huh. the The point is is that you shouldn't even a lot more games
1: in college basketball. There are. College basketball than college football. I mean, so what does that have to do? I to say it's easier to, I mean, that's to a
0: master of the obvious no, statement. It's easier to,
1: to to put other teams on your schedule, and 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 there's also more teams accepted into the tournament. So a loss so you're a-
2: accepting. That's what I said. That you shouldn't harm someone for a loss. If you had eight or sixteen teams in a playoff, and you cut the season back by two weeks, you would have much higher quality opponents and ratings. I would think go we up. all
1: agree on that. The question is: Is it feasible? I don't know the answer.
0: All right, we're going to shift gears a little bit and 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 kind of talk just generally. Like, give me the one thing, other than the college football playoff, that's on your mind these days. Like, what's the one thing that you're thinking about debating, weighing? And ask you the same question,
2: Stephen Hurst. I'm very concerned about the future of our country, and I think that higher education is the canary in the coal mine. I think what's happening in Paris is not that much different that's happening in Missouri and 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 in Princeton and Amherst and. You know all these colleges. I mean, there was a nine eleven, an anti nine eleven memorial protest at the University of Minnesota. It's insane.
0: I missed yeah. that one.
1: Yeah, I did as well. Um, on that note, I did read Brett Stevens' column, uh, and I sent it to you uh, today. And so I'm trying to catch up with you. Steve's been way ahead on this issue. I grant him that. He's very focused on it. I mean, hey, again, hate to state the obvious, but obviously the attack in Paris and what it portends for for us, um, you know, here and around the world is, is is on my mind. And my question is, you know, I hear all the talk and what we're going to do. We're not going to do. But the question really is, are we prepared to commit ground troops to combat this this enemy? And if we do, you know, can that be achieved? And do we need a coalition and all that kind of stuff? I think that, um, from what I understand, the answer is yes. I, I just don't think they can be defeated from the air. And the question is, do we have the, the will as a nation to, to go into another battle like this? I don't think this enemy uh, is as difficult in some ways as Al-Qaeda because we know where they are for the most part. Uh, but the question is, if, I mean, the answer is I believe. If we want to eradicate ISIS, it takes ground troops. And we all need to start thinking about that a little bit.
0: You guys are deep. What's on my mind is uh, whether Michigan can beat Ohio State on Saturday, having lost 11 of 12 games. You know, my my, uh, my concern is that this streak keeps going. I think we've got the best shot that we've had, well, since 11 and before that since 2003. So, uh, you know, I admire you guys for thinking beyond, you know, that. Uh, but that's what's on my mind right now. What do you think? Yay or nay? We win?
1: I think we're going to win. I
2: think Ohio State's in total disarray.
0: We win?
1: I really can't say No. So I will say yes. I, I, say no. I no, I mean I think we will win be, and I put uh, my I didn't faith I think we would win last year. I put my faith in in coach Harbaugh and and what he's instilled. I think it comes back to what Steve said earlier about Mariano Rivera and process. I think Jim Harbaugh is a man who who just who instills in his players his team his coaches process. And obviously as Steve said you can still get beat by a better team, but you're not going to beat yourself as much. Now, they're not perfect and football is a game that's that's very difficult for everybody to be perfect all the time, but I think that Harbaugh will have this team ready to play, and I think he's an incredible motivator. And I think that we have the heart to, to do it. This what do year. you think
0: the difference is between someone like Harbaugh, that obviously just has this down, that he he knows how to do this, versus just honestly someone like Brady Hogue no. that that you know knows how to do it less well? Let's just be generous think, about that. Like, what's the difference between a guy like that?
1: Well, I think it starts with pure intelligence, it's, uh, most Just think times. he's a smarter no, no. dude, so. I said it starts with. Okay. I do think Jim Harbaugh is a very smart guy. I'm sure I, also, he is. I also know, I don't think, that Harbaugh, I don't know Hoke's pedigree, but I know that Jim Harbaugh is the son of a, of a well-regarded football coach. He learned at the – But so is Mike Shula. Well, we're not talking – we're talking about Brady Hoke and Mike Shula. No, huh?
0: no, no, I'm not – I'm giving uh, those as an example. Like, what do you think the difference is between someone like, like – Well, let L. me finish. I mean,
1: look, Jim Harbaugh has learned that he, uh, he's got his father, he's got Bo Schembechler, he's got Mike Ditka. These are the three coaches that he's primarily learned under. I think that's obviously going to give him a leg up. And well, Shula has his father. You ever play for his father? I don't no, but he, he coached with his okay, father. Okay, I don't even play for his father. With his father. Had dinner with his father. Playing for is a different thing. Number two, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is a guy who will accept nothing less than 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 all out effort at every moment of his own life, and he expects nothing less of his players. And inferior players can win with better effort. Um, and I think that's what a coach like Harbaugh does. He makes these players believe in themselves. And he makes them play over their heads. So it's just
0: it's just pedigree and environment,
1: and intelligence, and intelligence. as I just said, the, the the demand for excellence and the and the unwillingness to accept anything less in himself or his players.
0: What do you think? What makes Stephen Hurst? What, what 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 separates someone like a Harbaugh with a Brady
2: Hoke? I don't think Brady Hoke is qualified to be the head coach of the University well, why of Michigan. Not? I having met him several times and knowing people that you know dealt with him, I just don't think he had the qualities to understand. How to communicate and look. One of the important qualities of any person, in any experience, any field is a level of self awareness. And if you don't have the self awareness to know that the game is changing around you, that you should be wearing a headset.
1: Yeah, can I interrupt for one second to give my friend a shout out? My friend and sometimes enemy, a shout out. Your friend of me? Yes, my friend of me. So we were at a at, a, at a luncheon for Brady Hoke. It was sort of a coronation. He was very popular at the time. He'd come off that that very successful Virginia season. Tech win. And, uh, you know, most people were there to kiss his ring. And my friend Steve Hurst and I, I admire— Or another part of his— you I, and Sorry, I'm going to curse, but I admire the shit out of him for this. He stands up in a room full of Michigan alumni with all sorts of Michigan people in the room, you know, ready Probably to what, grab like the mic at of four or hands. 500 people, right? Uh, I think Spence may have Is just— the NYAC? Yeah, Spence had just left. Um, so uh, Spence had a train to catch, I think. So um, Hurst <laughs> yeah, gets up in the middle of the room and says— And I wasn't even hip to this issue at the time, frankly. I, I was kind of behind on this issue, too. And he says, "Why don't you what wear did a you headset say, too?" What was the other issue? Oh, well, on? we talked about Calvin Cool or sorry, Woodrow uh, Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. Uh, Calvin <laughs> cool. They're, they're going to take him off of uh, <laughs> <laughs> the university. They're going to so anyway, take him
0: off the nothing he's on. Right,
1: exactly. Hers, <laughs> hers, to his credit, stands up with this room and has the has the excuse Ball, me, said. the cojones, He's the, got the, the he's got the sack. I prefer cojones. as children don't know what that means. To get up in front of this whole entire room and ask the guy, "Why don't you wear a headset?" And I gotta tell you, you could have heard a pin drop in that room. Yeah, no, they were not. I was there. They were not happy. He was not happy. He wanted to to take a swing at me. I gotta tell you something. This is a moment. I have a lot of respect for this guy for a lot of different reasons. Although I also hate him for a lot of different reasons. But this is a moment of respect.
0: Sorry. What are the reasons you hate him? Let's let's dig into that for a second.
1: I hate when he twists who I am, and and I know he's out there. I know if I was to go out in the world, and and there was a magnet that could attract <laughs> every person who knows Stephen Paradise to me, whatever they've heard of me, they know yeah. me. something like the and, super and magnet, the, that yeah, and all the people that learned to me through Stephen Par- through Stephen Hers right. would come out to me and start feeling my head for horns. Like that's a joke. I won't get into it. Why I say that, but the point is, they'd be looking for a different person. They wouldn't recognize who I am as compared to and the you, Stephen. And you hate Curtis him for Church. that. it's I mean, understandable. I don't really. I first of all. No, I
0: mean it's you know like a, a hate, very thin line. It's like stepbrother hate.
1: Exactly. I'm you Mr. Mean, cliche tonight. There's a very thin line between love and hate. Yeah, very. With me and Mr. Hers, um, I go on both sides on a, on a daily basis. <laughs> look, if it was my last
2: day on earth, and, uh, and and it was my final meal, and they said, look, in order to get into heaven, we just need you to be totally honest. Do you really think all these years did you really believe Stephen Paradise was a left wing? Wingnut. Yeah, you say. Yes, I would say, so of obviously. course, he's yeah, totally. That's, that's he, he. I believe the man is like seriously like he's a Marxist. Well, let's say we're at that a same. Now. We're at that same we, thing.
0: You know, you've got to give the true answer to get to to heaven, given the options, if, and they say paradise, love or hate. You know, both. I mean, but, Right. All right by the way, by the way, if, 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 if given that
1: same that same choice, Donald Trump. Would say, I saw Muslims screaming about the 9 11 You're still you're No, still no, I'm just saying that, right? That's as credible as that is, okay? You can we, lie to St. Peter.
0: Who gives a shit? Honestly, who cares if he lied about that? What does it matter?
1: Listen, I believe you're a
2: leftist. Let me say something very nice. I do nice, believe though. that. Let
1: me say something very nice no, I, about my why? friend here. Don't. Oh, we got, it's frenemies. You got to get the friend part up, too, no? Yeah,
0: we've done too much friends, not <laughs> enough enemies. <laughs> All, right. All right, go ahead.
1: If, if I ever needed anything in this world, I think he's one guy I would call.
0: I think you're wrong. And I-, <laughs> I mean, Thanks. you could call. You're, you're wrong, wrong? You're not wrong call? about that. You're wrong that I call I, I mean, you don't hear a busy signal very much, but you know. By the probably... way, can we
2: can we can we tell the quick story about how?
0: Yeah, we've got about nine we minutes should. and he, thirty he... seconds.
2: Tell it. So when Stephen, we lost touch for several years, and when he got uh, greatest connect... years of your life, right? Exactly right. He, when he got divorced, <laughs> we reconnected, and uh, I introduced him to what soon would become his second wife, and he told me. Th- that about a month before I got married. No, were, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, he so. told me well, that yeah. he was getting married to who I love, Jocelyn, and that they were going to get married three days before us. So um, that's kind of. Well, that's he, how I,
1: I asked. And I asked. I asked what? for my permission. I asked for his blessing. <laughs> Have it, has
0: it ever happened in the Paradise household where one either could be you or Jocelyn has said, you know, I wish I'd never met Steve Hurst? No. So you're still you're. It's a blessing that.
1: Definitely not Jocelyn. For me, I have to think about it for a second. <laughs> All right. No, but that story, if I could just follow up, is, is a really doozy because Steve was getting married for the first time and our relationship sort of well, went on this-
0: The only time, right? Yeah,
1: you never, you don't know what the future holds.
0: How many times have you been married? No, no, so you don't have to qualify that it's the first time. As of time. now, I mean, it's we the got only time.
1: I said for the – well, that's true. Well, no, okay. not the first time. That's so, you. So, you got
0: married for the so, first time because there was a second time. Exactly. So he got married.
1: There will not be a third. So here I am, and I'm and I'm very supportive of his engagement, his marriage. We, as I say, our, our relationships developed in parallel to some degree. And I was very excited for his wedding. And then all of a sudden, for reasons that I let the audience figure out, Jocelyn and I decided we had to get married very quickly. And the only date we could find that was free was three days before Steve Hurst's wedding. And as the coming back to Brian Trotty, I'm going to tie this all together for you. The team player, the friend that I am, the loyal friend that I am, I felt very bad. I didn't want to upstage Steve and his moment to get married. And with much trepidation and many discussions with Jocelyn, I called them on the phone nervously to say, listen, I'm really sorry about this, but here's the thing. And you know what He says, no, I have no, no, problem. I, I have no idea. No problem. All this trepidation, all this fear, no problem.
0: So what? That's sweet.
1: It was. That's why I'm saying we've got friends in there too. We're not just enemies. Oh, that's
0: beautiful. All right, let's. Uh, you <laughs> know, Tress, gonna... I know you. I know you
1: don't. You don't believe in this kind of stuff. Um, you know this touchy feely. You know, emotional uh, side of things.
0: It's a soft belief. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. So let's. Uh, we got a few minutes left. I want to shift to our final segment. And actually, I want to break in and tell you that this podcast was brought to you by Glenn Livett.
2: It's very for good, better thank you. or worse.
0: Twelve year old, we've all enjoyed it, but um, last segment, uh, what I call Alphabet City. So, kind of W two F, WTF, LOL, NFW. Like, what you know, what's on our minds in terms of that? I'm going to start. Actually, I'm going to start with a uh, with a group that we didn't talk about in terms of who we detest, but it's ISIS. And my thing is like NFW. I mean, they're, take, they're shooting down Russian planes. They're executing Chinese prisoners. And it's not like they're, they're, they're great friends with the United States. <laughs> There's no fucking way ISIS is going to come out of this hole. That, that's my take on it. We've seen this before, right? You take on the U.S., you take on Russia. You don't come out the other side. So my thing is like NFW ISIS. I mean, you've got to sort of pick your enemies, picking them all ain't going to work. Seems bad now, but I think we all come through this and, uh, and United Front.
1: So you don't buy into this notion that they're really trying to provoke an apocalypse, a, a war of the Yeah, I think of, the, of the, the apocalypse
0: the is going to be their apocalypse. <laughs> now, I mean, I'm buying into maybe that's their thought process, but, you know, I think you've got a bunch of animals on the other side and probably not thinking that strategically. And I just don't see this working out for them, although – Got to give them. Listen, if you want to call it credit, wreaking a lot of havoc. How
2: about
1: the, the worst? Group? I wouldn't. Under, I wouldn't underestimate how they're thinking.
0: No, I mean, I guess I guess we've. I guess we've seen to, someone uh, that's underestimated them. They're pretty sophisticated. I'm not saying they're
1: the JV. They finance their
2: operations pretty. I'm not pretty saying that smoothly. we've got them contained. The worst group of people that may be beneath oh, even ISIS. Worse than ISIS? I mean, Report? ISIS is it unions? No, no, they're terrible too. <laughs> but <laughs>
0: the De Blasio administration? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> they're not worse than ISIS. No, honestly, the press.
2: The press is terrible. I work in that field. <laughs> these are all Steve's. Some you know. of my demons. <laughs> Who else? Um, these are what keeps me up at four in the morning. My wife says, go to bed already. Um, you know, honestly, I think ISIS obviously is the lowest of the low, but at least they're fighting for what uh, well,
0: At least. No, just but like they're... John Kerry. No, but they... You understand
2: why they're. No, they're at least what do you fight... say? You can, you can justify why they're. I'm not justifying it. but Let's they're... not pick on John Kerry now. What okay? I'm why saying not? is. People join ISIS for very the demented reasons. Why can't we? Yes. But Turkey, what is Turkey thinking? Well, I mean, what, down our, yeah, that's I good. mean, that's, what could... Th- th- that's we'll, a WT. Yeah. Can I say this about yes, Turkey? you can. I, I mean, I hope I'm not offending any of our Turkish listeners here. But, I mean, are they, are they just whores by... <laughs> By, by, no, I'm sure that won't wait, offend your Turkish. Wait, I'm listeners. sorry. I, I understand. First of all,
0: you think we'll have any Turkish listeners? Well, I, I do. Know I
2: have a Turkish friend, and I'm hoping he will. You listen. think he'll listen? Well,
0: what's his name? You know, I know, him. I know Actually, that guy, yeah. right? He's Kushad. a professional broadcaster, right?
2: No, Kushad. You know him uh, through your kids somehow. You dealt with each other. He was in banking.
1: All right, guys, this is getting all off right. the rails here. Sorry. Kushad <laughs> will be for the next episode. Yeah. But let me ask you a question. What is your point?
2: <laughs> We're
0: non- just non <laughs> sequitur. How did they come up with the name Turkey? Like, of all the names, they came up with turkey? Well, because it's
2: Ataturk. He was the great leader.
0: And and how'd we name the bird Turkey? Is there a coincidence there? I I mean, it is kind of a coincidence as we approach Thanksgiving.
2: It's a good question. There's no country named Chicken. Although Obama could be the president of Chicken if we had a country named
1: Chicken. There's no roast beef.
0: (laughs) Well, we got a turkey. It's kind of. I've always thought it was
1: odd. I'm sorry. I just All want to come right, back ahead, to, uh, the let's, Turks, let's to the Turks. To the WTF back. on yeah. the Turks, though. Yep. Is your point what that they shouldn't that have antagonized an Russia like that because they they did this? You, you think they did this without any United States knowledge or or, or, yes. or yes? I don't think Obama. Yes. I don't think no. uh, okay. Erdogan well, Obama Obama, Obama. Obama sanctioned and it. Said they're
0: going to shoot down a but Russian Obama said, plane. He
1: stood by them and said no, they had the right. They had the right to protect their airspace. Do yeah, you disagree? That. Wait. Do you guys disagree with Obama on that?
0: No, I agree with him on that.
1: Right. But I don't think he knew before. I I mean because
2: because Russia breached NATO?
1: I don't I have no idea why they did it. Is that what you think? No, but but uh, I don't. I haven't. Again, I'm sorry. I've been out of pocket a little bit today. I haven't. Re- I've read the headline, but I haven't read the details. Again, I'm a detail guy. Remember, when, when, remember when that
2: from earlier in the discussion. When Vladimir Putin is accusing someone of stabbing him in the back. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know, know it's pretty. I bad. think it's
1: hard for Vladimir Putin to go in. You know, it reminds me of the he's taking uh, the moral
2: high ground here. Give it reminds
1: me, me of the child who kills her parents and then goes to the court and asks for mercy because she's an orphan. I mean, Vladimir Putin. That's is, what is, he com- reminds you of. Vladimir Putin. He complaining. He's complaining about about. His, he's complaining about anything? I got to
0: tell you, the one guy in the world, I wouldn't want to piss off is him.
2: That's what I'm saying. I mean, we're in a weird place right now as Americans, Jews, that we are supporting Hezbollah and Putin in taking on ISIS.
0: Like putting aside the murdering of opposition, you know, restriction of the press and all these other great things. Like, is there a little part of you that wishes Putin was our president?
1: Yes. He's a tough, M, he's a yeah, tough I mean, SOB. Uh,
0: let's admit it. A little part. No, it doesn't surprise I, I'd me. Say there's, with your guys'
1: uh, you know, revelation or, or adulation for Donald Trump, doesn't surprise me you'd like a guy like Putin. But you know, I didn't say I like him, uh, but, but, uh, but I mean, but, when you
0: see Obama up there vacillating, <laughs> kind of going back and forth, is there a little party that says, you know, I like that guy? He's on horseback with no shirt.
1: You to know? be honest with you, there's certain aspects yeah. of Donald Trump I like. Uh, he uh, doesn't. Oh, no, he, yeah. oh, he the guy me. You most me. I said certain aspects. Like I, I said that too. Listen, yeah. it's like Steve Harris. Guy the test and I like it at the same time. Now, one <laughs> thing I want to say that me. just occurred to me, so when, you laying, of me? when you were laying, you just laying all this out for me with the Chinese, the Hezbollah, and all the rest. Yes, kind of reminds me of Michael Corleone at the end of Godfather Part One when they're taking out all their
2: enemies. Interesting.
1: Well, that's what's happening here.
2: You know the Arab proverb: "The enemy of my enemy is my friend." Yes, that's what we're seeing in the world. That's what geopolitics has become.
1: Well, that's always the coda in the uh, Middle East.
2: But I just don't – what I'm not understanding is Turkey. What is their rationale for doing this?
1: Did they know it was a Russian jet?
2: They killed the guy who was trying to save the people. There was a rescue worker. I think a, it's tied in.
1: Wait, wait, I, I, wait. wait, honestly, wait, wait. I'm going
0: to stick with this. I honestly think Thanksgiving is tied into this somehow. <laughs> I do. There's a lot of turkeys you know what? that are going to be slaughtered this This is week. a wild turkey. you yeah. got a
1: senior in high school. Ask her to look into this for you on Wikipedia. I'm going to do that. All do right. In report. our
0: closing seconds – Quickly, like headline, what should we look for the next week? What's What's on your radar?
2: I think people are freaked out. I uh, I think that there's a very somber mood in the country, around the world. And I think unless – it was in Paris today. I was watching CNN, plug for my client, Clarissa Ward, that they were saying like, is this going to be the new normal? Because it can't be. And we're not going to be able to live like this forever. And if what happened in Paris comes to America – I mean, after 9-11, things got back to normal. Things are not getting back to normal in Belgium, in Paris, living in a permanent terror state.
0: Okay. Dice, what's on your mind as we approach Thanksgiving?
1: Well, Thanksgiving means football on Thursday, and the Dallas Cowboys will be playing, I okay. believe. And they I'm curious be, to sure. see whether whether Tony Robo can lead them into the playoffs in a very, very weak uh, NFC East division. I'm going for something light here, Spence, because – Last time you had it, you had some fun at my expense.
0: I, okay, and, and, and I guess you know what's on my mind is uh, something light, and something heavy. I think on the light side, I think I think we're going to win this game finally. I think we're going to break through Cold and up. and the air, uh, the horrible air continues. And I guess on the heavy part, I, I would look for the Russian bear to strike back. I don't think Putin takes this sitting down. So with that, I'd like to again thank our friends from Glenn Libbit, thank our producers John and Lou, and of course uh, thank my my co partners here, Steve and Steve. And appreciate all of you listening to the first, but hopefully not the last, episode of Frenemies.
2: This has been a digital media production. Find your voice.